Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fans, to another mini-sode of Colton Classic Podcast. These are the short Friday episodes we bring you to tide you over until the next main episode, which uh, always airs on Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Get up early for you guys. Yeah, so this mini-sode, uh, I want to bring you something new. We are going to do a book roundup. Now, we talk about zines every once in a while, the mini self-published uh, uh, books and magazines and comics and things that people put together. We ourselves have some. You can head over to our store at coltonclassicpodcast.com to check those out if you like and help support us. But these are actual uh, published bound books that we're going to talk about today. And we've had some people reach out to us and send us the coolest stuff. And for those of you who are newer to our podcast, we don't do advertising um, that we don't believe in. So this isn't even really an advertisement. These are actually book reviews. But in this case, the three selections I have for you today are the ones that I enjoyed the most uh, recently. And I, I cannot wait to share them with you. And I really think you guys should support them if you can, if they sound at all like they're up your alley, uh, check them out or give them as gifts because um, these are uh, independent authors who are doing really great work and these are three really cool, radically different, unique books to check out. So we'll get right into it. Uh, of course, I'm your host, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian. And I am also a writer. Uh, I just don't put that on the tagline because three is company. So I want to talk about the coffee table book uh, that we're going to be reviewing today. It is uh, very, very cool. It was very nice of the author to send me an autographed copy. Um, I'm going to hold up. If you're watching our video, you can see it here. Um, I, I guess you can see it here. You know, Zoom doesn't like these things, but it is a beautiful bound volume called Anime Architecture, Imagined Worlds and Endless Megacities by Stefan Rakelis. Now, Stefan, if I butchered your last name, my apologies. Uh, regular listeners to the pod will know that I butcher everybody's names. Uh, Mary Jo Peel from Mystery Science Theater 3000 Rift Tracks railed me for it and deservedly so. But Stefan has put together a really amazing book. Now, this is something that I... Uh, as an anime fan and a film lover, have really adored since I first saw um, probably Akira would be the first film where I saw where I was blown away by the cityscapes, the post-apocalyptic future cityscapes just made my mind melt. Um, and what Stefan has done here is he's put together 
a true scholarly work um, on the the future cityscapes of uh, many like iconic anime films from uh, uh, 19, I believe it was 1988 through 2010. And he's focused on primarily pen and paper designed works, uh, although there are some digitals in here as well. But let's just let's just dig right into what is so special about the sort of cyberpunk dystopian future or idyllic futures um, that are portrayed in anime and have been um, sort of instrumental in designing what we as uh, contemporary culture think of as the future, right? So you've got films like Akira, I already mentioned that, the, the crumbling highways uh, and overpasses, the sky stretching buildings, the reds and grays, the almost hellish landscape um, of this slum world, essentially, um, is is really brilliant in Akira. And um, Swan's work talks about it in detail. Also, Pat Labor, one and two, um, Ghost in a Shell, of course, uh, uh, Metropolis and Innocence. Um, Metropolis especially has been released several times recently in the U.S. and is worth picking up for sure. Uh, uh, Concrete, which is not only does it have a great background in sort of this mixture i don't know why in my head i think of fishing village with uh with the landscapes and architecture but it just feels more culturally unique to me from a, a an american western shores standpoint and i thought that was fascinating and then several iterations of uh the uh, evangelion series uh neon genesis evangelion and, and so forth uh, are discussed in here and there's lots of others and of course it has incredible illustrations we're talking pencil sketches designs um and 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 pre-designs from these films as well as many other things what's really cool about this book in addition to looking amazing is the uh and not just the intellectual discussion about why things look the way they do and what they elicit in the audience and and the viewer uh in the book it's also that stefan goes really deep into the process of making anime um the the three stages that are involved in designing the background and there's a really cool quote here in the introduction guys if you don't read introductions to books i have to say before i got my mfa in writing i didn't read introductions very often um and when i did it was because i was interested only in whoever wrote the introduction not the actual book which is sad to say uh, but i've learned to read the introduction because there are some amazing things that you only get in the introduction i remember neil gaiman once put a short story that was otherwise unpublished in the introduction alone and that was the only place you could find it and i didn't know and i just happened to flip through it once and saw it so let's talk about this so uh the incredible anime director who's who's, who's made some really great, also very bleak uh, films, um, uh, Mamoru Oshii, who, again, my pronunciation, sorry, guys, if it's in Romanji, you know, the English uh, spelling, I am especially bad at Japanese, because uh, sometimes I put the emphasis in the wrong uh, syllable. So Oshii said, and I quote, over the years, I've come to realize that the silent world behind the characters is where the director has to communicate his core vision. The drama is just the surface of the film. The backgrounds are the director's uh, vision of reality. Um, and she said that in 2004, and that is wildly true to me. It rang absolutely true, and Stefan really explores that in anime architecture. Now, um, and I, I think if you, that's the kind of, quote that will stick with you if you really think about it for a second 
you'll be thinking about it for a day. Uh, and you can, so how do you get this book? It's beautiful. You can get an autographed copy too. Like I said, it's kind of a coffee table book. Um, it isn't all text. It isn't all pictures. It's a wonderful mix of both. And the pictures and the words really go hand in hand and are explained and explored uh, and discussed in great detail. I also want to say, I said it's sort of academic. Um, it's because uh, Savannah's has really put in the work on this to, to get some fantastic insights uh, and original unpublished artwork and things like that. But it's not hard to read. Um, it's a really perfect balance of uh, everyday reader and scholarly research. So you're not going to be bored or confused or have to reference 10 other books. That is not the way anime architecture is written. And I think that you should check it out. Uh, it's, it's, if you're not interested, I'm sure you know some otaku who is like stoked about this stuff. Uh, and it's a great gift. It's, it's really, really cool. I was so excited to get it. Um, how do you get it? Well, you can search anime-architecture.org or just reach uh, out to Stefan directly on Instagram. Uh, you can follow him and message him at really Reikelis. That's R-E-A-L-L-Y R-I-E-K-E-L-E-S. And of course, you can check the liner notes for this episode to get all of the information of the, the authors and where to get their books as well. Okay, so we've got a coffee table book for you to add to your shopping cart. What's next? Well, next, I'm going to talk about the fiction selection for today. Uh, the fiction, we've, we've only got one fiction book in this selection of three books that I want to bring you to today, but it is a really cool one. Uh, and I also have a copy here. It is A Disgusting Supermarket of Death by James C. Harbison III. Uh, I've been sitting on this one for a while, and uh, uh, Jim has been very patient with me, uh, but it's because I wanted, I really enjoyed it. Um, I actually read uh, most of this at least twice before reviewing this, and I'm trying to think of uh, how to describe the short stories, because it is a, a short story anthology, all of which is, is by uh, James Harbison. And it's, it's uh, from Marcosia Press, who has a lot of cool comic books as well, if you go to their website. But A Disgusting Supermarket of Death, it's a collection of short stories that are very much horror stories. Um, sometimes they're a little gut-wrenching, although never over-the-top gory, I would say. Some may disagree, but it's not... Uh, it's not obsessive. You're not you know, reading a closed captioning of um, the unrated edition of RoboCop. Okay. It's not, you're not reading page after page of gore, but it's really witty and darkly, um, darkly comical, I think would be a really good way to put it. Let's, let's talk about, I'm not going to spoil any of the main points of the stories, uh, but I will say that, um, there is a story of a serial killer meet and greet that does not end in an expected way for the participants. Um, there is uh, the one that is perhaps the most uh, distasteful for what I would say the non-horror aficionado um, is a, a story in here that's uh, called hashtag MeToo, Now, I will preface this by saying I, as a stand-up comedian, I don't like comedians who make fun of things like the Me Too movement or other social movements uh, based on people who are marginalized or otherwise oppressed. This particular story 
is not making fun. It's the best kind of joke uh, because it's not making fun of people who are being abused in any way, but it's actually a story where moral ambiguity gives way to repulsion, gives way to people getting their just comeuppance, which is always kind of the best. I mean, listeners know I love a revenge tale. And this is sort of a revenge tale, but it centers around a mortician who deals in uh, upscale Los Angeles clients, and people pay sometimes to have a naughty time alone with the corpses before they go to burial. Of course, it's terribly disturbing, but it's actually quite clever. Uh, the stories all have a twist, but it's never the sort of O. Henry twist where you're like, well, if I took the twist out, this is a bad story. Um, and I'm not dissing O. Henry, but he's been dead for many, many years. Uh, ha, ha, ha. So who would I recommend? Who would I recommend this uh, uh, disgusting supermarket of death to? Which, by the way, that is a quote from uh, the hashtag meet ooh, uh, story. People who like a little bit of twisted humor. If you like dark comedies, then you're gonna like this book. What's really great about it too, is if you're the kind of person who doesn't read that often, the stories are very short. And I really like the way um, uh, Marcosia and, and Jim did the table of contents. It actually doesn't have page numbers, which isn't really a deal breaker. It's not a super long book. Um, it has page numbers, just not on the contents page. But the contents have the title of each short story and then a one-line synopsis, or it's not even a synopsis, sort of a um, tagline for that story. So uh, for example, the hashtag me too says, a mortician is implicated in multiple murders while selling rich weirdos access to dead celebrities. So you actually can pick it up and treat it sort of like a reference book. Like, oh, you can read them out of order easily. And it's, it's perfect for like a, a bus commute or if you're waiting somewhere like a doctor's office, uh, you're not gonna pick it up again and be like, oh, I forgot all the characters. Your story's done in 10 pages, okay? So these are really cool short stories. Like I said, they're very short. Um, I don't think you might be a little like, ooh, but you'll also be highly entertained. Uh, and as I said, it's also not super graphic. It's um, not really explicit uh, with, with either the violence or sex. So it's smart is I guess what I'm getting at. It, it doesn't have to rely on um, the tropes that so often fall into small press publishing horror fiction. You know, I think if you write horror fiction, you've seen going on to uh, many publishers and anthology uh, publishers pages, they'll be like, uh, know this. And they'll have a whole list of things uh, that are all things that we've seen in writers groups and submissions. and other people doing like, oh, this is just a gore piece. How boring. Um, this is just a shock volume. How boring. Wow, this is full of, of rape. And that's not okay. Boring, bad. This does not have any of those. Um, uh, James C. Harbison the, Harbison the third has done a great job writing an entertaining book that's easy to read, easy to pick up. And it's also uh, just it's, it's a trade paperback. It's inexpensive. You can afford it and you should read it. And if, you know, get it for somebody else, it's also got a really great cover, sort of a, a, a corpse male. Um, I don't even know what you would call them. 
but he's in a tuxedo and he's got his face stitched up, but he's happy about it because he has a hot date. So check out A Disgusting Supermarket of Death from Mark Hoshio Publishing um, by Jim Harborson. And uh, where can you find Jim? You can find Jim at Stay Alive GN on Instagram. That's at Stay Alive GN as in graphic novel. Uh, you can also, of course, find uh, his books at the, as I said, the Marcosia uh, website. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-I-A. But again, guys, I recommend reaching out to the authors directly via Instagram, uh, if you if you have Instagram or otherwise, to get these books. Because as a writer, oftentimes we live in isolation and we don't, especially during COVID times where we can't do signings and things like that, we live in uh, isolation from our fan base and our readership, and it makes it hard to create. Um, it's the same thing for a comedian. Um, it's, it's, it's a one-way channel. We put stuff out there and we never know what happens. So reach out to them, ask them where you can find their book. Um, tell them if you like it. Uh, it's, it's a really great thing. So we've given you guys a couple of things to check out, right? We've given you a coffee table book, anime architecture, um, and then we've given you a really great fiction horror anthology by uh, Jim Harbison, and of course, anime architecture is by Stefan uh, Rakelis. And again, sorry for the pronunciation, guys. This brings me to the last selection of this book roundup for Colton Classic Podcast. This is one that I know our listeners uh, will be very interested in uh, if you don't already have it and i it's relatively new so i don't know that you will and i hope you get it it is vhs collecting the modern relevance of home video by Corey jagorski and it's been edited by gregory shanahan so again if you're watching this on youtube our youtube channel uh, you can see the book here and again guys if you've checked out our youtube lately you probably noticed that it's not updated as frequently as the podcast. There is a lag to get the video on there, but they are updated uh, somewhat regularly and we're looking to get that even more streamlined, but check them out. It's fun. You can see our smiling faces. You can be like, oh God, that's what he looks like. No wonder he does a podcast, all that fun stuff. But back to the book, VHS Collecting uh, by Gorski. This is a fantastic reference book uh, for VHS Collecting. Now, if you don't know about VHS collecting, it's probably because you enjoy films and movies, but you're more of the internet age, okay? You're streaming things, that's cool. We do that as well. But what's so great about VHS, VHS is a really great collectible um, because it fits all of the common requirements of a good collectible. And I should have had it uh, bookmarked in here, but I didn't. But Gorski outlines why it's a good collectible. And I have a couple of my own to add to this, but this is what he says. And, and this isn't, I believe, just Gorski. There's other people who have said this, but he summarized it very nicely. To be really collectible, things generally have to be desired, diversified, scarce, and affordable. Okay. What does that all mean? Desired. Well, people have to like it. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast, you like movies. All right. So we've got that down. VHS tapes are movies generally diversified there has to be a lot of different ones if uh something is all the other things but there's only two different versions like say two volumes of a book and that's that's all there ever was it's not that collectible because everybody's gonna have them uh, there's only two of them uh and scarce meaning that you can't just find them anywhere right uh there's not a a, a 
a Walmart dedicated exactly to VHS tapes and every single one has the whole collection for you to pick up. Now it doesn't work that way. And affordable. We think of things often as collectible. Oh, that's a lot of money. That doesn't really work that way because most of us don't have a lot of money to spend on collectible things. But even like comics, uh, which, which Gorski talks about in here as sort of uh, an example, if a comic's $200, it's still considered affordable because if that's the pinnacle of what you want, you could eventually get that. And most of them are much less than that, right? We're talking bargain bin dollar all the way up to, to 12 bucks or whatever for new, you know, thick, heavy stock printed issues of things. So diversified, desired, scarce and affordable. VHS are all of those things. Well, you might be saying, where do you find VHS tapes? If you don't go thrift store shopping all the time, like I do, then you wouldn't know. But thrift stores are the way to go. Uh, also, I mean, pan the pandemic has destroyed the remaining video rental stores, but there are still a few out there in certain parts of the country and worldwide. And you can find VHSs there occasionally, even more rarely. Um, obviously, DVDs were better for video rental stores because they don't degrade. Um, the boxes are covered in plastic. You know, a lot of VHS tapes uh, weren't clamshells. They were just the cardboard slipcases or big boxes. But anyway, so that's why VHS is great at collecting, okay? My addition to that is that a lot of VHS films are e one of two things, especially in the horror realm, which is the most collectible. They're either no, no longer in print on DVD or Blu-ray or anything like that. Okay, which is important to find hard to find things. You might be able to find the VHS when you can't find the others. And also, you may find things in VHS that you never heard of before at all if you go thrifting a lot. Because there are so many films. If you've ever just clicked through IMDb, which is certainly not a complete list of films, you'll know that there are movies you have never heard of from every year ever uh, since film's inception. VHS is a great way to get in on that. You will never know what you will find. And I guarantee if you go to some place that has a halfway decent collection, maybe even, you know, 20 VHS tapes, which is a lot of thrift stores like Goodwills. And uh, I have things like revivals and savers as well out here. You'll see stuff, at least one that you're like, I didn't, I don't never heard of this. Uh, whereas if you go to say Best Buy, although they're not even carrying many DVDs anymore, but a, a, a retail store, or if you go on Amazon's new releases for Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff, you're probably going to see mostly movies you were already aware of. They were advertised on TV, they were TV shows or Netflix originals, things like that. VHS is not like that. You are guaranteed to find cool things that you've never seen or heard from before. So why do you need VHS collecting? Well, because Corey Gorski has done a lot more than just say why VHS tapes are collectible. He gives a great background on uh, the VHS origins, the death, quote unquote, of VHS, the revival of VHS. A lot of uh, independent cult films that we've talked about on this podcast uh, since our creation have been uh, released on VHS as well as DVD and streaming and all those things, um, sort of as a nostalgia factor, but also it's a really great physical collectible. If you like that tactile product, that's really cool. Not only does he talk about the history of VHS, uh, he also goes into many of the um, a selection, I should say, of the many, many, many distributors of VHS from the past. And VHS is just kind of special. The way that people talk about records uh, and analog audio, which I also, of course, love, the, you know, the warmth of vinyl and things, there is something to be said for 
analog media and, and older media that needs a little bit of effort. You know, a VHS tape, you cannot pause it and go back 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds easily. You have to rewind the whole thing. You know, you probably want a rewind machine so you don't break down the tape. All these things. I find that it makes me pay more attention to the process. It's harder to zone out when I'm actively doing something. It's like a record. A side of a record is not very long. So in order to uh, listen to the whole album, I have to turn it at some point. And for some reason, being aware of that makes me pay more attention and I actually enjoy it more. I'm not saying I don't enjoy things on streaming. Uh, the convenience is incredible. The quality is incredible. The VHS quality does not compete with 4K and the like. But there is something to be said for having a cassette in your hands, inserting it into a machine, having to rewind it. You know, it's there's something to it. Give it a try. And even if you are not sure you're willing to give it a try, pick up this book, VHS Collecting by Corey Gorski. It's on Amazon right now. And I think it's like nine bucks. Um, it's really cool, guys. And I will say this. As far as I can tell, this is a self-published volume. It does not look that way. I am I am very familiar with self-publishing uh, uh, material, and this 2020 production is nicely bound. It's got nice regular pages. It doesn't have very thick, clumsy pages that so often happens with self-published. I mean, I'm not dissing anyone, but it's got a nice gloss cover, and the editing is really well done. If, if you've ever picked up, especially like a niche collector's book that's either published by a very small publisher or self-published more often than not, it's gonna be full of grammatical problems. This really isn't. This has been very well edited. So hands uh, or, or clap for Gregory Shanahan uh, and Corey Gorski because this is a really cool book. VHS Collecting, it's a great reference book. And also it's a really good primer if either you wanna start VHS Collecting um, or you already are and you want to fill in gaps in your knowledge. This is a really, 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 really cool book. Um, also, uh, like I've said before, follow these guys on Instagram, follow course, Corey Gorski on Instagram. His handle is at VHS collecting. It's, uh, it's super cool because he essentially has a video rental store he's built into his house. And um, he posts pictures all the time of unique uh, releases, uh, releases of movies that you know, but have never seen before because some of the slip cases on VHS, I mean, that's one of my biggest loves for VHS is the slip cases and covers they did are so cool, especially if you like things like 70s pulp movie posters, um, the 80s and early 90s VHS slipcover designs really take from those. And they've got the lurid colors and images and sex and violence were a big deal uh, to get people to rent tapes. So you get a lot of fun stuff. So I'm gonna just go over it. Check out uh, Corey Gorski's VHS Collecting. On uh, Follow him on Instagram at VHS Collecting and check out his book on Amazon. Uh, follow Jim Harbison, of course, and get the book, A Disgusting Supermarket of Death. And Jim Harbison's handle on Instagram is stayalivegn. And then, of course, pick up this amazing coffee table book, Anime Architecture. I mean, it's a big book. It's beautiful. Um, it's 35 pounds. Uh, it's, it's a British release, but you can certainly get it um, from Stefan uh, at his uh, handle, which is really reckless, which is R-E-A-L-L-Y-R-I-E-K-E-L-E-S. I promise I won't spell anything over the podcast anymore this episode, but pick up this book. It makes a fantastic gift. And also if you're into anime like I am, um, as a film lover, 
this is one of those books that teaches you so much that you hadn't even understood and makes you appreciate the 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 effect and design and the energy and thought that goes into films so much more um so check those out i am going to say follow us write a review colton classic uh is a podcast that we put out making zero money frankly uh, we'd love to make money so if you're an advertiser let us know but uh, we've grown a huge amount in the past year that we've been going and i just want you guys to know that we appreciate our listeners if you have recommendations if you have questions if you want to talk about something or want us to talk about something send us an email at colton classic podcast at gmail.com visit our website www.coltonclassicpodcast.com and uh, rate us wherever you find podcasts. To play us out, as always, is The Chud with All About Evil. And have a great day. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.